We're talking about the history of humanity and how we have been influenced. And it's like, we, we deserve to know that. And we deserve the technologies that are being suppressed because it's really just keeping us in that prison. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the It Can't Be a Joke podcast. This is a place where we have open dialogue about a variety of different topics, such as non-human intelligence, corruption exposure, spirituality, and ancient history and mythology. Our mission is to expose the truths and knowledge that have been kept from humanity for all too long. With support and global consciousness, our aim is to bring down the military, pharmaceutical, banking, and oil industrial complexes who are responsible for endless wars and keeping half the world in poverty. I'm Melissa Green. And I'm Kevin Kelly. Let's blast off. Let's. Hey friends, we are back with part two of episode four. We've been talking about zero point energy, aka free energy, and how that could end all of the world's problems in a nutshell. Kevin and I discussed a lot of great scientists and inventors on part one, so make sure to check out that episode if you haven't yet, and we're going to pick up right where we left off. So before we dive into Nikola Tesla and the inspirations that led to the zero-point energy model, we have one more very important inventor to discuss with you, Thomas Townsend Brown. He was an American inventor from Zanesville, Ohio. He became known as the man who mastered gravity. He discovered a connection between strong electric fields and gravity, a type of anti-gravity effect. And Kevin, I know you have more information, but they say his technology powers the B-2 stealth bomber and all types of stuff. I believe that they use that type of technology to power and run the UFOs that we see. Basically, this is what it says. His research into odd electrical effects led him to believe he had discovered a connection between strong electric fields and gravity, a type of anti-gravity effect. Instead of being an anti-gravity force, what Brown observed has generally been attributed to electrohydrodynamics, the movement of charged particles that transfer their momentum to surrounding neutral particles in air, also called ionic drift or ionic wind. For most of Brown's life, he attempted to develop devices based on his ideas, trying to promote them for use by the industry and the military. The phenomena came to be called the Bifeld-Brown effect and electrogravitics. And electrogravitics is how they power the UFOs that are flying around, the man-made. Alternative energy <laughs> and propulsion device. Yeah. That's what it is. And so that's how they can fly these things around at extremely high speeds. That's how you don't fly into the front of the cockpit of the UFO when when you it slows down. Because, the, or if you have to slam on the brakes, right? Yeah. It, it, you know, you're, you're chilling in there. It's moving at whatever speed, but you're protected by that force field around it. Mm -hmm. Another thing they don't give us. They're yeah. not releasing. No, you don't get it. You get to drive your... Go drive your car. Go ride your bike. And think about the industry of workers who've been mining, drilling, and just doing all this stuff that's so unnecessary. Our energies could be going towards evolving this zero-point energy. But we're stuck in this grid, and it's... The stuff that we've seen in sci-fi movies, a lot of it actually can happen. And that's yes. one of the most eye-opening and mm -hmm. mind-bending things. Is like, are you kidding me? I thought it was this way and it's this way. And then you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is how they started reverse engineering these things. And they were coming out in the 60s. 
Okay, so an easy way to explain that is when you watch an old episode of Star Trek or any space show and they order a martini and all of a sudden it appears and it's there. So it's this idea of folding in and out of these different fabrics or dimensions, pulling different energy in and out. So when you create that layer around this invention you're talking about, it's not this solid thing. It's all energy. Yeah. It's nuts. It's it's the it's the biggest revelation. Is that the word? Your third eye is gonna go. <laughs> and it's insane that like this that that's all a possibility. Everything that you thought was just science fiction, a lot of it can be done. With that little thing, it reminds me of Tesla, which we are now going to cover. He called the zero-point energy radiant energy, which I think is also ties into you calling him this wonderful saint because radiant means luminous, light. We're all made out of star stuff. We're all energy. We're little light beings in this, on this planet, in this construct that we've outgrown. And many people feel this way. So I just wanted to bring up that that fun little fact that he called it radiant energy. Tesla truly is the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. <laughs> he did so much in his time. And I really, I don't think that he's given enough credit for what he's done. Obviously, Elon has named his company Tesla. But it's running on batteries that batteries are charged that- by the grid. And a lot of those, uh, what happens with those electric cars, those batteries burn up. And how many Teslas have been recalled in the last two years because they've caused car fires? They're scary. That is not Nikola Tesla. No. Especially, it's, Greer talks about this. If it needs to be plugged into the grid, it's not a Tesla. Fake Tesla. I I really want to just dive into some of the work that he's done. And Tesla's dream was to create inexhaustible clean energy that was free for all people to use. This was much in opposition to the coal-powered plants spitting out carbon dioxide all over the place for us to breathe in. Um, His vision to free humanity from transporting, extracting, and burning fossil fuels. He was born in 1856, and he was ethnically a, a Serb. Present-day Croatia, he was in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Back, if, you, if you've heard of that, you definitely are thinking of World War I. He was from that area. So Eastern European, and then he immigrated over to the United States. He became a citizen in what year? In 1884. Okay. He was immigrated to the United States where he began to work on radio remote control and also wireless power. Yes. I love it because I worked in at a radio station for a long time. And there's this really cool concept of plugging into whatever energy you want to be into. You know, we talked Mm -hmm. about that a little bit where I've had people complain about me, especially when I took over as the morning show host in Phoenix for this man who many years older than me had been around forever. And when people complain, I'm like, you know what? You can tune in to something else. Yeah. You know, tune it. I don't know. It just makes me... Think about tuning in to a frequency 
Yeah, and you can definitely. I, I, the first time I heard you talk about that was when we were meditating to the stars, doing a little CE five and chilling and Mogi on ramp. Yes, and you're like, we're all just a radio. People just need to tune into the right frequency. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> it's true, it, you know? It's very true. If you don't like a certain energy or frequency, tune into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And a Tesla had a lot to do with radio, especially with the Tesla coil, which I'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. A lot of his work was done between Colorado Springs, where he liked to test his inventions at very high altitudes, and also throughout the state of New York. He wrote an article, The Problem of Increasing Human Energy, which was published in the Century Magazine in 1900. And this article caught the attention of, can you guess who? Uh, J.P. Morgan? J.P. Morgan. <laughs> We've all heard of J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. And so what he did was he proposed a world system of wireless communications to relay telephone messages across the ocean to broadcast news, music, stock market reports, private messages, security military communications, and even pictures to any part of the world. He said, when wireless is fully applied, the earth will be converted into a huge brain capable of response in every one of its parts. That's what Tesla told Morgan. So Morgan's like, okay, well, this this sounds pretty cool. I'll be able to make a bunch of money off this. In 1901, Tesla was granted $150,000 from Morgan, which would be the equivalent of about $5 million in today's standards. In exchange, J.P. Morgan would have a 51% share of any generated wireless patents. So J.P. Morgan... <laughs> Wanted to own it. He would be the owner. Tesla gets 49. He gets 51. So but, oh. he gets the loan, but he doesn't get to own it. He get, So he gets that one extra percent, which gives him a controlling stake. But either way, a more realistic sum back then would have been around a million dollars in present day, 47 million to be able to really complete it. Mm-hmm. But he took what he could get and mm-hmm. he's like, all right, let's get to work. Tesla's real plan was to make a large-scale demonstration of electrical power transmission without wires, a.k.a. zero-point energy or free energy, transferring electricity through the currents of the air. You don't need wires. And pulling from, with the coil that he used, that is pulling up from the Earth's magnetic field, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and basically... You know, he, he began working on the Wardenclyffe Tower. Yes, also known as the Tesla Tower. Yep. Essentially, they the, the tower rose about 187 feet. And then beneath the tower, a well-like shaft plunged 120 feet into the ground. 16 iron pipes were driven 300 feet deeper from there so that currents could pass through them and seize hold of the earth. He is quoted for saying, in this system that I have invented, it is necessary for the machine to get a grip of the earth. Otherwise, it cannot shake the earth. It has to have a grip so that the whole of this globe can quiver. <laughs> so it's it, you're literally seizing onto the earth and pulling the electricity from the magnetic sphere of the earth. And you're always going to get more power out and you put in. Yeah. Always doing it that way. You're straight pulling it from mm-hmm. the earth and then dispersing it. Mm-hmm. He's once again 
The goat. The goat. And that's kind of the model of all of the scientists we just covered. Didn't they use some sort of coil? Exactly. So as construction was going on, he, he realized he's going to need more funds. And around this time, too, his competitor, Guglielmo Marconi, mm-hmm. had signaled the letter S across the Atlantic Ocean from Cornwall, England to Newfoundland. And this is when Morgan was starting to lose more interest in, in Tesla's inventions. Mm-hmm. There's a cheaper alternative with Marconi, and you know he's, he's going to be able to make a lot of money on it, whereas with, with Tesla, there's... He doesn't think he's going to be able to make as much money on it, especially with, you know, if he knew the true, this is be transmitting free energy. Um, I, th- I don't think that that would have really interested J.P. Morgan. So J.P. Morgan turned his attention more to Marconi. But Tesla was basically bringing forward that Marconi was using his Tesla coil anyway and taking his thoughts on pulling the energy from the earth. Mm-hmm. And can you explain Tesla coil so he invented it in 1891, and it's been widely used, like we've mentioned, in radio technology. It's an electrical transformer that uses high-frequency alternating current, AC, to increase voltage. Because of its extremely high voltage, the electricity in a Tesla coil can travel through the air, powering or damaging nearby electronic devices, often with arcs of lightning-like electricity. I think of that famous image of Tesla with all the lightning. So cool. Although the Tesla coil produces extremely high voltage, the high frequency of the current generally makes it possible for most people to approach the device and even be struck by the arcs without suffering injury. It's- wow. Yeah, Morgan was just, he was doubting because didn't support the global oligarchs. Yeah, he's not going to be able to make as much. And another interesting thing about J.P. Morgan was how he gained so much wealth through the stock market crash soon after this in the 20s, bailing a lot out, but also, you know, offering bonds to get everyone back in a good place, which is good. But also, how much did he profit? It's interesting how he profited so much off of the collapse and a lot of the other families like the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, they just got mm-hmm. richer, 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 and even more control. And we're seeing that happen again, not to bring it up, but after after the pandemic of 2020 that started, that 1%, there's just a bigger gap now. Yeah. They doubled their billions. Once again, putting their their claws up into everyone and sucking them dry of their money and the control. So creepy. Basically, Tesla lost funding from Morgan. And Morgan's idea was that he wanted to make a lot of money on radio. And the wireless power angle was Tesla's idea was never part of Morgan's plan. So sending, you know, wireless power out there. Morgan did not want to do that. JP did not want to do that. He wasn't going to be able to charge for that. And Tesla's personal goal was to use the tower for the transmission of power as well as information. So no more support is coming from J.P. Morgan. The stock market crashed and prices for the tower's materials doubled at that point. So anything that Tesla was asking for for Morgan would have been doubled. And Morgan wasn't about to do that. So they moved on. Moving forward to 1905 after some really awesome electrical displays from Tesla and his inventions and his tower. They had to abandon the project. And the newspapers called it. 
Tesla's Million Dollar Folly. Once again, the media newspapers putting out the narrative that, oh yeah, he failed, when in reality, if he would have been able to keep pushing forward, we could have all had free energy 100 years ago. So because of this, you know, losing funding, he had to shut down the tower. He experienced a nervous breakdown. He is quoted for saying, it is not a dream. It's a simple feat of scientific electrical engineering. Only expensive, blind, faint-hearted, doubting world. So then when he died in 1943 in New York, his apartment that he lived at was raided. All of his inventions were seized by the FBI. Mm-hmm. We still don't have all those documents. But Why? some of them, some people still have them. They just made it yeah. sound like well, they're all gone. Why would they seize all of his work and inventions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why they would they want us to have it? They don't want us to have it, but they kept it for themselves. Yes. Yeah. And then all the other people that are coming out with similar inventions like this, free energy, are getting harassed, are getting murdered. Yeah. Another cool quote from Tesla. He said, if your hate, I think he was talking to people like JP Morgan, if your hate could be turned into electricity, it would light up the whole world. It's true. Wow. Yeah. It makes me what sad because they have so much darkness and hate right. and greed Evil. Evil. When it comes down to it. Not wanting people to be free. Control. Yep. Yeah, they're they're lighting the whole... Look at the world right now. 2024 is going to be, I believe, one of the scariest years of our lives. Yeah. uh, We just read this morning about... Last episode was the coronal mass ejection. And there's one happening right now. It's a middle grade... You know, ejection, so we don't have to be too worried, but... That's what they say, but what if next week the power goes out? Well, they predict that there will be more in 2024. It's an ongoing event. Yeah. The current cycle that it's in has been going on, I think, for like seven years. or It's been going on for a while, but Mm -hmm. now we're in the heaviest of it. Yes. And that's the Carrington event. Yes. So I think that there's going to be more, and it's going to fluctuate. Once again, we don't... we, We can't predict the future. We just like to research all these topics. And it was interesting when Dennis Quaid and Tucker had that meeting. Like This is exactly what we were talking about a month ago, a month yeah. and a half ago. Yeah. And now, once again, back to if we're briefly touching upon that, he says there's a 100% chance it's going to happen. We don't know when, but that it will happen. And when it does, that it's going to be catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we fixing it? And speaking of catastrophic events, there is an interesting fact about Nikola Tesla and ancient Egypt. There's always new discoveries about the pyramids in Egypt and around the world, but Tesla believed that the pyramids were giant power plants to generate electricity and run machines. He believed they were somehow linked to cosmic energy, which could be used for spiritual enlightenment and healing. And there's more information about where all of these pyramids are placed on our planet. The magnetic fields are really strong in these areas. And then there are also historians like Billy Carson, who believe that some of these pyramids are 30,000 years old. Here is a clip from one of the latest episodes of the Sean Ryan podcast with Billy Carson. Let's talk about ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. I've been looking into a lot of, I mean, talking to Dr. Greer, we talk a lot about zero-point energy. Yeah. I've been looking into zero-point energy, free mm-hmm. energy. I've been researching it, Yeah. looking into the Nikola Tesla stuff, and it sounds like Nikola Tesla got his information somehow from yeah. ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. A lot yes. of people say that the pyramids 
or some type of a some type of a power plant yes not all the pyramids some of them so some pyramids have different functions right so the great pyramid at giza for sure a wireless power plant amongst other things it was it was a multifunctional stone computer and a wireless power plant it was also a communications device so you look at old images or old pictures uh, of the Great Pyramid area at Giza, you'll see that the Nile used to run right up alongside of those pyramids. Now it's meandered miles and miles away. One of the main reasons why they don't want you to know is there was an ancient war that happened. That war, that second war I told you about, uh-huh. that's where there's glass in the sands at the Giza Plateau. When you dig your hand in the sand, you'll pull up balls of glass. That's 3,000 degrees to create glass out of sand. It's weapons fire. Billy Carson and Sean Ryan are two of the leaders in the world right now when it comes to finding the truth. Billy Carson is an excellent historian, ancient historian, looking into the mysteries of our past and trying to figure out the riddles that have come to us in these Sumerian clay tablets and what has transpired in those tablets and looking at the history of those and how we were influenced by beings from another world and sean ryan is trying to get the real news out to the world the stories that the main media will not cover that's what sean ryan likes to dive into and i highly recommend everyone checking out both of these guys and my last parting piece for you is a speech from senator daniel enoui at the Senate Select Committee in 1987. A shadowy government with its own Air Force, its own Navy, its own fundraising mechanism, and the ability to pursue its own ideas of the national interest, free from all checks and balances, and free from the law itself. Now, that was in 1987. Think of how much worse it is today. One last fun fact, a big fact, is that six corporations control 90% of media. Unreal. Unreal. Let that sink in. And these corporations are AT&T, CBS, Comcast, Disney, News Corp, and Viacom. So those six companies own 90% of the media. And if that doesn't make sense to you, a good example is AT&T. So the brands that they own, CNN, HBO, Sportsnet, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, Cinemax, DC Comics, Hanna-Barbera Studios, they own communication systems in so many different countries. So that's just a small example of how one corporation has control of the narrative. And if you use those to, as your main source of information and news, you're only getting what they want you to know. If mm-hmm. there's a documentary that we make and we present it to one of these HBO or, and they, you know, don't, we don't want to put that because it's not going to go with our narrative. Yeah, because if we don't play to their narrative, they aren't going to get more funding from the people in control. We have to play it exactly. It's just really, it's fucked up. They get to tell you what you watch and, and what you learn. They get to decide what is broadcast, which is the total opposite of um, what a democracy is. And we've, we've probably known this for a while, unless we've wanted to admit it or not. Corporations are the true rulers of this planet, mm-hmm. not the governments. It's private companies, not government. 
No. Private companies. Then they they get the politicians in their pockets, and then they get a... They're the ones who are running the show here, so my question to you is, how are we going to change that? Thanks so much for tuning in to part two of episode four. If you're interested, we've linked the Sean Ryan podcast with Billy Carson in the show notes below. We highly recommend the Sean Ryan podcast, and this is a very fascinating conversation to tune into. Remember to follow us for updates. Just search for It Can't Be a Joke on Instagram, X, YouTube, and Patreon. What are your thoughts on this episode or stories you'd like to share with us? We want to hear from you. Shoot us an email at it can't be a joke at gmail.com and don't stop looking up.